they want to get mad at me. Oh, you know, you know, you know, uh, you know, he got that power. No, he didn't have no power. He had nothing. And, and, and you know, I'm like, if you're not a boxer, if you're not a fighter, shut the hell up. Hey everyone, Benjamin Block here, and welcome into Block's Corner. That voice you just heard belongs to the normally mild-mannered Mark Breland. If you didn't know, Mark was a five-time winner of the Golden Gloves, he earned a gold medal in boxing at the 1984 Olympic Games, and would go on to become a two-time welterweight champion in what was a very successful pro career. His latest endeavor was as the trainer for Deontay Wilder, but having just been relieved of those duties in October, nearly eight months or so after Wilder lost to Tyson Fury in what was their second meeting, Breland leaves very little left to be said about Wilder and the current boxing landscape. Our conversation picks up with Breland telling me about who he's currently training, so without further ado, I hope you enjoy. Because you are helping out with the training of Evan Holyfield right mm-hmm. now, it's funny to think about because right, you, your amateur career, you were 110 and one. It's, I think Evan has had only seven amateur fights, yeah. and he's already had about four or five professional fights. So very, very early on in the resume. But nevertheless, you have returned. He's fighting at super welterweight, I believe. So. Right. You know, how has the wisdom that you're sort of looking to impart, how has that changed now that, you know, you've gone from work working with Wilder, who's a heavyweight, to right. back in your your zone of working with welterweights? Well, I mean, my thing, you know, work the difference is, you know, one want to learn and one don't. <laughs> One's willing to run learn and one does not. You know, um, Deontay didn't want it. You know, Deontay knew it all, so there's nothing I could tell him. Even when but, you came uh, into camp from the get-go? Yeah, oh, from, from Trump Street, yeah. You know, he knew it all, so I'm like, okay. Oh, no, no, I can say this. When we first started, mm-hmm. after about the third, fourth fight, I mean, I mean, my attitude, I want to tell you, you're fighting bums. You're fighting guys I can beat now. <laughs> Don't get you know. Don't get your ass forward. <laughs> and you know, and that's why. And I mean, he fought thirty. And he basically fought thirty-five bums. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of names. You know, even as he you was know, climbing the ranks. You know, I mean, that was the one knock against of, him. He fought a bunch of bums. What do you think it was about Deontay that was that he was you know opposed to? Was he opposed to putting in the work to sharpen up those fundamentals? Do you think, or um, or did just, he just he decide just, the kind of fighter he was, and that's that's what he was, and that's it? No, no, he he wanted he, he wasn't willing to learn. You know, his guy JD's the trainer he had from start. You know, pacified everything he did. Mm-hmm. Just they just babied him so much. You know, everything whatever he wanted, and so it was like whatever he wanted, he got, and he got what he's supposed to get. Like in the fight. Why you start the fight? Why you start the fight? I'm like, why are y'all blind? <laughs> I'm like, you just hear that ass whooping that man was taking. I mean, it was obvious to 
casual observers, passionate observers, people that were there, people that were watching it on TV. And it was kind of it was kind of nice to see most of the boxing community come to your defense. Uh, A lot of the people that were sort of coming down on you negatively were not really people that you've come across. Boxing people, exactly. Yeah, so I'm sure that that helped you sort of get through that difficult time because a lot of people had your back. Oh, no, to be honest, to be honest, my attitude, I was like, I don't give a fuck. I did what I was supposed to do. I did what a, I did what a trainer was supposed to do. I said, look, if anything happens, it's not going to happen on my on my end. Exactly. I'm not going to let it happen while I'm here. Y'all can y'all can do that when y'all if y'all buy us. I'm like, look, I'm not going to let them get hurt. Y'all can sit here and let them get hurt. Yeah, but as I, long as I'm here, I'm not going to let it happen. I think a lot of people commended you, and it's exactly like you said. At the end of the day, it's. Deontay's friends, families, and loved ones that you're really protecting. And right. I mean, we have enough examples to point to of fighters dying in the ring dying or dying ring. shortly yeah. as a result. Yeah, I mean, as recent exactly. as Patrick Day. Um, yes. It's, it's horribly, horribly tragic because not only does a fighter die, but it affects family members and the wides no, got, and the boxing no, community got, and the gyms they went to got, and the he's trainers. Got, he's got young kids. He's got kids, a lot of yeah. kids. And my thing, I'm like, you know, you know, when he's talking when he came, well, you know, you don't want to go out on my shield. I'm like, how you didn't come in here on no damn shield. Yeah. We had it out. We kind of had it out. But I'm like, you know, my thing is, you know, I'm like, you know how we were in training camp. You know you didn't train like you're supposed to train. Oh, is that right? Did you know? Oh, no, I know. Please. He thought he was going to walk out there and hit that man. He was going to fall. See, Deontay said he's going to walk him down. No, you got walked down. Well, you it was a boxer down. versus a fighter. Does that, exactly. does that sound right to you? Yep. His, but see, his whole thing is power. Mm-hmm. He stopped all of that. When he busted his eardrum, his equilibrium was gone. You shot. You don't have nothing. I mean, he was messed up, and I'm like, blood coming out, blood was shooting out of his ear, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to give him one more round, one more round. He didn't do nothing. And then if they look at the fight, if they really look at the fight, the referees didn't even see me throw the towel, man. Yeah, he that's true. There was a... Right. Yeah. He, just, he didn't even see me. He didn't even see the towel. That's why I said the towel's in. He turned around, okay, the fight was stopped, but I had already stopped the fight. Yeah, there had been a few seconds because his back was to you. I remember that. Yeah. 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 But my thing, I'm like, you know, they want to get mad at me. Oh, you know, you know, you know, uh, he got their power. No, he didn't have no power. He had nothing. And, 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 you know, I'm like, if you're not a boxer, if you're not a fighter, shut the hell up because you don't, you don't get it. Mm -hmm. You don't understand it. If you're not a fighter, be quiet. You don't. I said, let me. I said, let me beat on you like that for a few rounds and see how see how it feels. Yeah, and listen, you've taken you at yourself as a fighter. You've experienced you've experienced a, a million highs, but you've also experienced those lows too, where yeah. you know you've gotten scarily knocked out, and yeah. I'm I'm the the fight is escaping me right now. There was a, I think. I think it was one of the fights where you we're lost not. your your uh... Marlon Stallings. Yes, you we had two Marlon Stallings and um, 
um, Davis. Um, Davis was the one Aaron I was thinking. Davis. Davis was the Aaron one I was Davis. thinking of more. I know you, you your uh, your legacy is probably more closely tied to those two fights, you know, with Marlon Starlin. But the one with Davis was a scary knockout where you were lying down. Right. And yeah. not that you had to experience that in order to have this wisdom that you have now at this age, but you were there. You've been through right. it. So I could imagine that a lot of these boxing fans um, who have their own personal agendas, I'm sure it fell on deaf ears with you. Right. You know, I tell people, I'm like, you know, I was like, I've done it. I've been there and done it. And, you know, I said, you know, it's just a thing of, I'm not gonna have my own thing. I'm not gonna let you. If I can stop you from getting beat up, but the thing is now. But here we go. We in camp. He don't listen to nothing. Like I was saying before. What were you trying to tell him specifically? Uh, was it the jab strategy? What were you I'm telling like, him you that know, he wasn't listening to? You know, I used to teach, like tell him how to jab. Teach him. The only time he jabbed when we fought Stefan Barain, when he fought Stefan, that's the only time he used the jab. Other than that, he won't jab. He just want to knock everybody out. But I would work on the jabs with him. Um, rubber cuts, moving around, stepping back, getting out the way. Yeah. Jabbing, you know, catching, you know, jabbing. When the guy jab, don't catch his jab. Just go right back. When he brings his jab back, bring your right hand back with him. But, you know, it's just a thing. Of, then when we're in camp, when we're in the camp, he got his guys in the corner with him. And when the bell rang, he'll go to their corner. And by the time the bell ring again, he would come over to me. I can't tell him because the bell rung. Mm. He go out there and just box. So I'm like, no problem. I'm like, no problem. So my, my motto, either you're going to get it or you're going to get it. And you got it. <laughs> yeah, he sure, he sure did. It's just, yeah. it's it, it must be frustrating. Uh, oh, very, very. Just because we all saw the first fight. It's, it's as if it, the second fight was an open book test. You had yeah. the exact blueprint. You knew yeah. Tyson was going to box. You knew he exactly. was going to slip punches and counter, and he was going to box. And Wilder saw that his, his, just, his aggressive power-or-nothing approach didn't work, so the fact that he didn't make adjustments was a little bit surprising, and I'm not right. in camp. What threw him off was... Um... Fury went right to him. And this whole thing, how you gonna how you gonna come right to me? I'm Deontay Wilder. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm gonna come right to you anyway. Ego's a dangerous thing, isn't it? Yes, yes. I mean he just took everything away from him. And you know so, what storyline uh really intrigued me because I know you go you go way back with Shelly Finkel. He yeah. was he was your manager. And yeah. and I'm very curious to know sort of what your relationship, what kind of fallout there may have been between uh, between you and him in all of this, because you know he was a lifeline between you and Deontay. Now that he manages Deontay and he managed right. you, so there's that six degrees of separation. I mean, but, but I'm sorry to cut you off, but no, even but Shelley understood what I was what happened because he 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 had mentioned to me he said, "Well, watch yourself to fight," and I showed him the video. He's like. Oh my God! I said that's why I stopped the fight. I said, but well, you don't see what I see. So he understood once you showed him. This. Once I showed him, I said, "Look at this." He was like, "Wow, I didn't see that uh, exactly." Because I know you and him go way back. I, I uh, yeah. 
I remember there was a great Sports Illustrated article written about you in 84. Really? In, mm-hmm. uh, do you remember that? Bill Knack, who wrote yeah. that article about you, profiled you and your family and everything as, yeah, as, as the lead-up to the 1984 Olympics. Yeah, yep. and, and just you and Shelly had this, this public outpouring of love for one another and trust. But then I realized, you know, there's money involved. Money, you know what I'm saying? And promotion and branding, it's it's a there's a very dangerous side to it. I exactly. That's the thing that they don't give a shit about you, man. You wrong. They got they already got another fight, they got another fight, but they already got another fight next week and shit. You know, now they may they may come to your funeral, they may not. They may just send flowers or whatever. Other than that, but that's that. Yeah. So you and Shelly, your relationship right now is okay? Yeah, I mean we we still okay. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Deontay, you know, I mean, he is a guy who's, who's an egomaniac, you know, and and can't. I'm sorry, he can't fight. He fought a bunch of bums. He fought all bums. I mean, that's it. Outside of Fury, he fought guy. He fought guys I can beat. Outside of Fury, he fought. He fought guys I can beat. That's saying a lot, and I mean. And I, I believe you because I mean you. And I'm talking about now. I don't even. I'm not even in shape. I'm talking about now. <laughs> Wait, you're not trying to get on one of those exhibitions, uh, you know, one of Tyson's cards, are you? Well, I might. No. But my thing, you know, is like, is like, you know, he's in jail, but the guy J, the guy JD's, you know. I mean, my thing is Mark. You know, he's like he played, blamed everything on. Walks out to fight, you know, this and that. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, you got your check, <laughs> you got your money, get the fuck out of your corner. You know, that's all you want to do. You know, I'm like, look, if that man died, you, you know, you, you'd be messed up because now you need another fighter. Yeah, I mean, you hear fighters, and, and you hear fighters talk about that all the time. They always say, Where are you when I'm lying in the hospital? You know, exactly. With tubes exactly. coming out of with tubes coming out of my face. That man, if that man would have been in the hospital, you might go see him once or twice, and that's it. Right, and these and 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 my point is, is that the fans that are criticized that were criticizing you specifically, those are the kind of fans that they're there when they're winning, and exactly. Oh, no, no doubt. But they, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't go to the hospital, no less the, no, the hospital room. They're not gonna come see him. They're not going. It's very, it's it's very interesting. What did you, even though you knew in your heart that you were right and you did the right thing, there had to have still been moments, right, uh, in the aftermath of what happened, where you 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 were just probably going back and forth, I imagine, and just playing the whole thing over in your head and and thinking no, about it. No, no, you know why. Oh. Because he bullshitted around the training camp. So you saw it coming. This was no surprise. I, I wasn't no surprise. So the spiked water thing. Where did that even? How do how do you come up with that? Like that's uh, you know. And then and my thing, I'm like you know. And then plus I didn't have. To, first of all, this guy. First of all, when I when I come out the ring, when I when I come in the ring, I get in the ring and the guy passes me the water. Okay, because when I'm sitting down on the stool, I don't have the water in my hand. The water's in a bucket. And when I go up, the guy brings the water up to me, and I give him the water. So the water goes through two hands, sometimes three. 
But like, I guess, I mean, that's that's interesting to hear. But like, has water ever been spiked with muscle relaxants no. ever? No. But no, listen. To break it down, right? You get a test after every fight. Any shit was nothing showed up. It, it just seems so out of left field, and I'm not. A- but no, but no, but my thing is, you take a test after every fight. Right. I've been fighting for years. I took tests. I won. Took tests. I'll, I'll take a test if I won. I took a test if I lost. You still taking a test. You still got to piss in that can in that bottle. So when you piss in that bottle, what showed up? Not a damn thing. It's, Nothing. It's just crazy. It's um, I don't know. Maybe it's all part of an agenda to sort of build up his comeback for his next fight. But it just so much of it seemed like excuses out of left field. Oh my god! I mean, so many, too many excuses. I'm like, wow. But my thing. But you have nothing. No, but nothing positive. You have nothing positive. Because hmm. everything you talk about is like, well, he he's the only one that has the water. He's no, they they don't see me with water. You seen the guy Jay with the water, but now when you seen Jay with the water, oh no, Jay, Jay, Jay wouldn't do that. <laughs> okay, boy, he'd want to get you the water. Right, Jay was the other trainer, the yeah. who you co-trained with, and right. I guess Jay's been nothing. with him uh, longer or, or more towards the, the beginning. No, Jay, Jay's the one who started him. Right. And one day I was in the ring moving around, and Jay said, "Well, that's not how you throw a jab." And I looked, and I just looked at him. He said, I said, huh? He said, that's not how you throw a jab. I said, well, show me how to throw one. And he said, no, but the way you were throwing it. I said, Jay, I'm known for throwing a jab. I was just going to say, I mean, you impressed Tommy, said, you impressed I, Tommy Hearns with your jab at, at, yes. at the peak of, of who Hearns was. So when I was, Let me tell you something. I used to spar with Tommy when I was 17. Right. That's when I learned how. To, that's when I learned how to jab. I've, I've watched. I, I mean, I've watched his jab hit me, sparring with him, and I'm like, I gotta use this jab. I'm like, I gotta use this jab, and that's what I. That's the jab I use after a while. Yeah, I remember uh, either seeing it or reading it. I forget, but I remember Ray mm-hmm. Arcel basically witnessing yeah. that session and saying, you know, the first day or so, you were a little bit taken aback at how sharp his jab would just come yeah. from the shoulder. Yeah. But then he was surprised how you adjusted and you were giving it right back to him. And then... Oh, no. Let me tell you that. The first day we sparred, I watched him beat me up. Right? The jab hit me. Pow, pow, pow. Right. I'm like, damn. And I'm like, okay. But I'm looking at it. It hit me. Pow. I'm looking at him faint. And I'm like, damn. So the next day I went back. I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay. You know, I'm going back and we're doing a little thing. Throwing a jab, throwing a faint. He said, Time out. He said, Time out. You catch on quick, huh? Man, man, my, said, man the back of my neck is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyone who's throwing a jab who could really snap it off knows that feeling. Yeah. yeah. I said, Man, the back of my neck is killing me. He bust on live. Catch on quick. I have to. <laughs> hey, but, yeah. you know, pain and all, you know, to impress, impress Hearns with your jab like that must have felt good, I'm sure. Helped with the pain. Oh, definitely, definitely helped a lot. And then for Jay to tell me that's not a jab, I'm like, come on, man. You tell me I don't have a jab? Because I remember when I fought Lloyd Hunnigan. Right. I think it was in the first round. I had him with a jab and dropped him. He looked at me like, oh, my God. Yeah. 
<laughs> do you appreciate a fighter like Shakur Stevenson and Tiafimo Lopez? I know, you know, they're a little bit lighter than than welterweights at this point in their career. But I personally like their styles because they're as close to the throwbacks as I can think of, especially uh, Shakur. He throws a lot of jabs. He throws stuff like powerful jabs. And he really he's got, and but, you, but you got a lot of these guys today who don't jab, and but they're trying to be cute. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, and then they don't know how to throw. But to, to tell you the truth, they don't know how to throw a stiff jab, a hard stiff jab. Those guys don't know how to do it. Right, a jab for show is almost yeah, yeah. right? Exactly, exactly. I mean, I'll throw a stiff jab and have you, and, yeah, and have you, you know, run right into it. Because I'm going back, because I'm going back as you run in, boom, and I lock my arm, boom, I got you. Yeah, there's there's a real science and a real art to it that escapes a lot of fighters. I mean, yeah. especially, and even if, and if you can't, throw a powerful one which i'm sure there are guys out there that just don't ha- they're not capable of doing it there's something right. to be said for a well-placed jab yeah, just throw it i mean if you throw it just throw it put it out there you know precision, I said, yeah, precision. it's still a point it's still a point <laughs> right it's still a point i mean even if you're not hitting them if you can't hit them all with it it's still a point is it you know if, if you got a jab and it's just it's annoying it's just keep coming it's annoying it's annoying <laughs> You still gotta block it. <laughs> exactly, and if that's your strategy, then that's that's a fairly successful strategy, I think. Yeah, well, it's, just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Do you, Do you find that the the fighters today are not willing to to learn these kind of strategies, or are they not able to? I don't know. I just don't think they're willing to. I mean, because everybody want to be cute. Everybody's got, the, you know, either the shoulder roll. My thing is, you know, you fight, you know, you're fighting bums from the beginning. Everybody's very, they want that O to the right. right. I mean, my first, my first pro fight, my first pro fight, but I think went the distance. I hit this guy with every goddamn thing I had. And I'm saying, well, I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, don't you supposed to get guys that you can beat early? <laughs> you know, to build up confidence? In this generation, that's what we've become used to. Look at a guy like Edward Berlanga, and I'm not taking anything away from him. I think he's he's uh, he's a fantastic talent, but no one has seen him go past the first round. And I, I, I don't know what his record is off the top of my head. I, but then my thing is, but when they get somebody, but when they put somebody in front of him, know how to fight is a whole nother ball game it's very interesting there's the business side which you know you've experienced i'm sure up and down and and sideways your whole career oh yeah, oh yeah. has the business side of boxing changed much and no. by the way berlong is 15 and 0 sorry um mm-hmm. has it has has the has it changed uh very much in the 40 years or so that you've been involved in boxing or well yeah far as far as money wise financial they get way more money now than even back in these guys get millions and millions of dollars and i'm like wow (laughs) and and then but my thing but you're not fighting nobody that's my thing but you're not fighting anybody i mean look at deontay he made all that money you fought no you wouldn't fight the guys he fought i could be I'm being honest. And I'm talking now. I had a sport partner came in from Germany, a young kid, and, and asked me, he's like, you know, I want to do the pads. And I'm like, well, this guy green as hell. He came from Germany. 
I'm like, damn, he, he was lime green. I'm like, damn. <laughs> I'm like, you don't even know. You know, he didn't even know how to throw a jab. I'm like, wow. But when Deontay Sproul sparred with him, Deontay sparred with him, he's like, no, Deontay's like, now you got to do it like this. You got to jab like this. I'm like, how the hell are you going to tell him something you don't know? No, he's good at that. He's good at that. He just start talking to guys like, no, you got to jab like this. You got to do this. And I'm like, you don't even know how to jab. Why did you ever, uh, you know, why did you ever join the team, or or what or what reasons did they lay out for you? Joining I mean, them? when we first when we first started, I'm like, I looked at the size, the height, and I'm like, okay, okay, seemed pretty good. And then when I started with them, I'm like, okay, okay, uh, maybe he'll do something. And then you know, I mean, he's probably, then he's, I see the guys that he's fighting. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, when are you gonna fight somebody? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, we're going to fight somebody. I'm like, okay. We're not going to give him a fight. And the only guy that really fought him, the only guy that really gave him a fight was Tyson Fury. The only guy. I was just going to say, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but um, I was going to say really the closest thing, uh, the closest guy before Fury was Ortiz. I thought Ortiz. Yeah, Ortiz, yeah. He didn't just fight Fury, uh, excuse me, Wilder. He he really boxed him well. He boxed him, definitely, definitely. But see, he was more, and he was kind of worried for to get hit. He didn't want to, you know, I can understand these guys, but I'm like, hey, if you're going to get hit, you're going to get hit. What you going to do? Yeah, that's, you right. can't worry about it. It's too late to too late to worry about it now. Right, you don't play boxing, as they say, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Or uh, outside of Ortiz and Fury, I would have to agree with you guys. Like Stavern, you know, Ariola, Brazil. All those guys are terrible. They were terrible. You know, they yeah. Um, they're not as their skill sets were not on the same level as not even close as Ortiz and Fury. Not, not even close. And you know. They would say, you know, he fought this guy, he fought this. Okay, I don't remember when he fought, um, I can't think of the guy's name offhand, but he fought the guy, and then, like, the guy went right out, pow, one shot. I'm like, and, you know, he's walking out of the ring like he, you know, like he did something. You ain't fighting. <laughs> like, come I on, think man. that was, that may have been the Areola fight. Uh, or the, I don't know. No, that was I remember, the, I remember the Areola fight. That was the Brazil was, fight, right? Where the Brazil, fight. that's what I'm talking about, the Brazil, exactly. That was about exactly. a minute, a minute into the first yeah, round. Yeah, right on, hit him, he Brazil was scared right to hand. death. Yeah, he walked yeah. into a right hand that was scary. Yes, he walked right into it. I'm like, and he was scared to death. Yeah, there was a lot of talk going up to that one, too. Yeah, because they had a big argument with the brother and this and that. And yeah, something like that. Like, yeah, I was, I, was, I was seeing all that stuff. I'm like, I'm like come on, man, leave it alone, leave him alone. All this stuff is crazy. So, I mean, if you look at the top of the heavyweight division right now, I mean, you have Anthony Joshua, who I think is fighting this. I can be John. I can be Anthony Joshua. <laughs> it would, you know, to me, it's easy to say this after the fact, right? Of course, but mm-hmm. I, I had a feeling that the Ruiz Joshua fight at the Garden a couple of years back now was going to go in the direction of Ruiz, for you know. You know, for the you know for the for the reason alone that Ruiz had nothing to lose going into that fight, that always makes for a dangerous fighter. But he also right. has he has the Mexican approach to him, where he truly walks the guy down. And I don't know, I had a funny feeling that Joshua just wasn't going to be able to handle it. That proved to be a real firefight, but that was uh, oh, but I mean, Ruiz. It was sad what happened uh, that he wasn't able to really defend it uh, and 
didn't take a really professional approach after right. after winning it. That was sad to see, and it'd yeah. be nice if he had a if he came back to his old form. Because mm-hmm. he won. Because I'm on my thing. When you won, then you're coming back as you know you're coming back, you know, swollen off all this food. <laughs> yeah, it was just you know. we, we've seen it. Fighters have done it for years. Oh, definitely, definitely. So it wasn't shocking from that. He, no, he's not the first. He's not the first one. He's not the first. He won't be the last to come into. He won't be the last. Surrounded by yes people and be taken yep. down from it all. We've seen it. But uh, assuming though that that Joshua gets past Pulev, um, which he should, because Klitschko beat Pulev when Pulev was right. in his prime. Uh, but see, but, but let me tell you something. Now Pulev is pushing forty years old. So if Joshua doesn't get past him this weekend, that would be a <laughs> that would be a real sad statement. I think. You know, Joshua cannot. He cannot fight. Elaborate on that. What do you mean? I mean specifically. I mean, I mean his style. I mean his style. He don't. He doesn't. No, he doesn't even know how to jab. His jab is just. He just puts it out there. He's someone's trying to teach him how to jab, but his jab is real soft. If you if you throw something at him. His defense is terrible. He has no defense. Yeah, we saw that. So uh, I'm out there. If you can give me a fight with him, call me up. Yeah, you take that fight. I'll take it. <laughs> so this, uh, I honestly don't know what you'll say to this. So Joshua Wilder, what kind of fight would that be if it, if it were to? It'll go. It'll go. it one or two rounds the most because Joshua is gonna fold up like an accordion. Yeah. Yeah. So of those two men, Wilder would definitely have the advantage. Both of them be swinging like cats. <laughs> Hagler Hearns, just with an extra hundred pounds to him or something. No, they won't be him at all. <laughs> I mean, you'll never see another fight like that. You know, two guys. They and you know, and these guys, and you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, boxing. I don't want to get hit, but you kind of get hit. You should be prepared. But that. these guys, you know, they, they don't. You, know, you touch, you look at them hard, they fall. Yeah, but you know, look, your, you know, your achievements and what you've done has, has just been really incredible. And thank you. And it's it's great that you're that you're lending advice to a young Evan Holyfield. And like you said, you know, he's for whatever reason, if he's young or if he's interested, he's listening, which is which is good and encouraging. Um, right. Do you have, do you have a fighter that you know that you're eyeing that you'd love to work with? Um, I mean, you know, I would love to, you know, get someone who, who really want to fight. You know, who really admires boxing, and know who understands boxing, or or want to learn, because a lot of people don't want to learn; they just know it already. Whenever the next Wilder fight is. I think they should definitely get you on board as an analyst because I think you can provide a lot of good insight. <laughs> oh, man. They'll be like, oh, my God, for real? They're going to get some good stuff. Mm-hmm. That they will. Mark, uh, well. thank thanks you. Thanks again. My thanks to Mark Breland for coming on and joining me. It was definitely an interesting conversation to have, and I certainly hope it was an interesting conversation for you to listen to. 
I think if Mark is paired with the right kind of boxer, both can really benefit, and he's definitely a valuable figure in the boxing world. So thank you again for listening, and until next time, this has been Benjamin Block, and you've been listening to Block's Corner. (laughs) 